Now broadcasting live via so Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, and that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I didn't get slapped like right your mom in here. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, should I punch him? It doesn't work if you're not wearing what? a mariachi suit. Uh, we're not wearing a mariachi suit. I don't know. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bagden Boardcast. It's episode number 191. Didn't fuck it up that time. Much like two weeks ago when I did. <laughs> I remember that well. Yeah. It's like it was yesterday. What are you? I'm Chris. I'm John. And I am still Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways normally. The first would normally be the Week in Geek, where we would bring you the top geek stories of the past week. But really, we did not see anything happening this week. We say that because we're pre-recording this. Yes. So uh, who knows unfortunately, what happened. I, I will be out of town uh, this week. And so we did not get to record. So we're pre-recording. The most earth-shattering news ever could have happened, and you'll hear about it maybe on one night. Vin Diesel is practicing on stilts to be Groot. Vin Diesel. That happened weeks ago. I know. That's Vin Diesel has become William Shatner <laughs> and is writing comic books for is writing Trek. Trek. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like Time Trek, yeah. Trek. No, it's called Time Shrek. He's now playing Shrek <laughs> as well. Time Shrek. Mm. Check it out. Then the, we go into the list. The books that we are looking forward to coming out November 20th. Then we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic. We don't have like a catchy name for this one. So uh, Paul had a catchy. He had a catchy. It was before they're cool. Okay. Before they were cool. It's, yeah, but we were there, reading them, so they were cool. Yeah. No, we're not cool. No, no, they were cool. They were cool, but we're not cool. Yeah. But we didn't know they were cool because you we are wearing a blazer, though. I am wearing a blazer. I like and a hoodie and underneath a hoodie. it. Yes. So you're some sort of hipster superhero. Yes. From what I understand. Yes. You can you can read all about me in the new Time Shrek book by <laughs> <laughs> Vin Diesel. No, this is gonna be about some of our. Now favorite comic book creators that are on some big name profiled books that or people that we really enjoyed before they became that really big mm-hmm. person. Yeah, we we started reading them when they were just like, hey, check out this book by. We started guy. reading them mm-hmm. basically in like 2002. Yeah, before we were cool. <laughs> like where they are now, and we are still not cool. But we are cool enough to drink. Yeah, well, we're 21 enough to drink. Uh, Ten years beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> Only nine! <laughs> yeah, sweet. Wait until May. <laughs> Wait until May. Uh, but I brought, because I saw this at the store, and I'm a big fan of Guinness. It's one of the first starter beers that got me into, like, the not, it's, it's the generic beer, or the, you know, it's that one step of beyond drinking the lagers that is accustomed to this area with mm-hmm. Labatt Blue and, yeah. You know, just your silver, but it's silver bullet and all that. People are like, oh goodness, that's a fancy beer. So it's your first fancy beer here in America. America. Uh, and this, this is, is from a foreign country. It's not Canada. It's fancy. It's fancy. This is Guinness Red Harvest Stout, a smooth and alluring seasonal. 
And... It's got the smooth down. Yeah, yeah but that's But it's Guinness. no more smooth than regular Guinness. Like, it comes off as just a lighter Guinness. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get With much... none of that flavor that you get and love out of Guinness. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. I feel like I had just gone to a shitty bar and ordered a Guinness, and it's just been something that's been sitting in the tap for mm-hmm. too long. They haven't cleaned out their lines. It's watered down. Paul and Guinness. I did that. It had a cherry flavor. It was, it delicious. was delicious. I feel like this is just a subpar Guinness. Yeah, uh, I agree. They have the nitrous, but it comes out creamy, but it doesn't have that great flavor. Yeah. It's still not expect. bad. Mm-hmm. It's just not as good as regular It Guinness. reminds me of like a Boddington's. Where it's that it's really light like flavor. Yeah. But it has that. I see what, yeah, I thought the same thing. Like, even like an old speckled hen, like mm-hmm. that kind of tinniness to it. Mm-hmm. It's is, creamy. It's okay to drink, but I don't, you just, when you take that sip, you're expecting something a little bit more. If we were recording this right after Halloween, I would say this is a Halloween trick, not a Halloween treat. Or a Sawin, as it says on the back of the bottom bottle. Sawin. Yes. Sawin. An ancient Celtic festival. I get no Celts from this. Mm. Doesn't taste like it at all. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Not, Nothing. Not, not a great way to start our beers offers. Yeah. On our very palindromatic episode of the Bagnum Broadcast. One nine one. One ninety one. Same forwards and backwards. We said, "Hey, palindrome. why don't we just do this after recording the last one? That was two hours ago." That's true. And we were like, "Oh, it's ten o'clock. We could totally do it." No, it's midnight. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh wait, yeah, but we, it's gonna go. Hey, we're gaining an hour. <laughs> we are gaining an hour. So now you know exactly when we record yep. this episode. <laughs> it's okay. Chris already mentioned it before, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You know what else is okay? The, the books, books we're looking out. forward to. Yeah. Because oh, we're skipping the lit. Or we can get mm-hmm. I had the hiccups. It's okay. So that means I need to drink this quicker so I can get to the next beer, which I really like that we've had on the podcast before. But go ahead. John, what's what's your favorite book? Uh, I'm looking forward to... You went last two weeks ago. Therefore, you should go first this time. Uh, I'm looking forward to this a book go from... the middle next week. Or the <laughs> previous week. Fuck. Oh, man, the time machine. Uh, I'm looking forward to a book from Dark Horse Comics. This is uh, Sludgehammer 44. Uh, this is a character that came out in uh, Mike Manola one-shot. Um, pro- I think it came out this year, a few months back. And um, it's, an- it's going to be a uh, three-part from them with uh, the Sludgehammer 44. It's kind of like uh, Mike Manola's kind of created his own iron man suit but it actually has a spirit of a trap of a dead soldier from world war ii running it and uh i really second so you're talking about the haunted tank kind of made into an iron man suit basically well the the suit was powered by someone else they passed away and this spirit went into it when he died to save his friends his comrades. And uh, it's kind of following that character who's kind of like the wienery guy in the group with the glasses. and So he's Paul. He's Paul. <laughs> Even though we all wear glasses. Uh, but uh, I really enjoyed Sledgehammer 44. I said that not realizing, realizing you're wearing your glasses today. I'm sorry. <laughs> and um, I, I enjoy it. Looking forward to it. Hmm. 
I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman number 25. Uh, the big shakeup with Wonder Woman is that uh, she's Ares... railing Superman. Oh. They don't rail yet, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, then maybe that's happening. The uh, world's the uh, reverse DJ or world's finest. World's finest. <laughs> what it's going to be called now? Uh... Or... But uh... <laughs> getting back on track. <laughs> It, it took Paul a second. <laughs> have to power through. Ares is dead. That could only be considered a victory, John. <laughs> Ares is dead at the hands of Wonder Woman. So she now rises. Is that you marking it? <laughs> <laughs> this is, if it was a video podcast. I just tried to do this camp. talking about my Dark Horse comic. So now you have to go through it. I just asked you if it was the Haunted Tank. Not, I didn't make before sense. that, I kept going, this is from Dark, and you guys kept talking, and I was like, uh, this is from Dark, and then you guys kept talking. <laughs> I did that like four times before I was finally like, this is from Dark Horse Comics. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't notice. Yeah, neither yeah. Did I. <laughs> I know you guys didn't notice. That's why I kept <laughs> pausing and then trying to do it again. Spear goes down real smooth. <laughs> it's, it's a real drinkable, much like the beers we had earlier tonight. But, but Ares is set at the hands of Wonder Woman. Diana, so she raises, rises to the top pantheon and becomes the goddess of war. Oh. So this is kind of like the story arc is kind of dealing with a fallout from that. Her kind of understanding what that means. Kind of crazy. Interesting. Sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. D- does not matter to the rest of the DCU, apparently, but no. Um, this is a book that I've wanted to catch up on. Um, especially every time, I mean, you get excited about it, mm-hmm. you would show us or tell us about what's going on, and I'd always be like, like oh, when a new man. god is first drawn, and it's like, dude, look at what he did with uh, Hades. Yeah. Little kid with, with a, the, the crown of candles. candles. Like, that was but awesome. It's actually, his whole head is like the top of his head. From yeah. His nose up is all just burning candles. Uh, Poseidon is this just Cthulhu looking, like, monster thing. Yeah. But anytime you show that, anytime you talk about it, I'm always like, I should be reading this book. And I don't. It's it's the most Vertigo book that is being released by DC. By the New 52. Well, I'm even including the new Vertigo stuff. I know. <clears throat> it's, new, most, it's the newest, oldest Vertigo series to be released by DC. Because it feels like an old, like, Greek Street. Or a, you know... Greek Street was good. Um... What are some other ones? Uh, yes. I'm trying to think of stuff that's right. Dead Man or, you know, that kind of... It's like Wonder Woman in the Vertical Universe. Hmm. Kind of. Chris. Interesting. Hi. What would you be looking forward to be reading this Wednesday? I'm actually looking forward to um, also a book from DC. It's Green Lantern New Guardians number 25. This is in the wake of the Lights Out crossover between the Green Lantern books, which we haven't gotten to the end of yet. But Kyle Rayner and the new Guardians of the Universe are sent somewhere. We don't know where or when it is. This is just based off the solicitation stuff because the actual story arc hasn't wrapped up yet. So this is actually one of the only DC books that I'm reading mm-hmm. like that week. And Marvel didn't have their solicitation stuff up as of recording this since it's like two weeks out right now. And there's nothing from Dark Horse or Image that I was buying. So I was like, oh, 
That's my pick. That makes it easy. <laughs> You're like, there's only one book I'm buying so far that week. Yeah. Well, therefore, it very well could be something much better from mm-hmm. Marvel that I'm looking forward to and kind of like amped about, but they just don't. Daredevil already came out, Chris. So they don't have it on their website. Like, granted, it's two weeks out. But they've already solicited all exactly. those Exactly. Like, all those books have been solicited. Like, they know what they have coming out that month. And if stuff gets pushed back, well, it gets, gets pushed back, but you can still say. Yeah. We have problems with our websites. Like, every week we complain yeah, about something different. I know. It's like healthcare.gov. It's, like, just bad. Just can't get there. Two political jokes in, in three, three weeks. <laughs> Why do you love going there? You go there, like, every time. I do. I, you know, it's the yeah, well. it's, it's been more than that, because I think the I know. previous you know episode you did you know it, why? too. Because I'm baiting. <laughs> That's all. I he want listeners tried. to respond. That's all. I just want them to talk to me. He is just trying. It's, it's a cry for help. It's just to see if anybody's listening. They don't. But well, you know what I would listen to? What would you listen to? A dramatic reading. Oh, and it just so happens that I have one right here. From I Vampire, number 12, page 9, panel 2. <clears throat> Powers depleted? Sweet. And that was a dramatic reading from I Vampire, issue 12, page 9, panel 2. That was during the crossover between I Vampire and Stormwatch. Yeah. Which wasn't that good. <laughs> so I can't believe that book's still, like, Stormwatch is still going. Is it? I don't think it is. Really? I think it's still. No, I don't think it is. I can't look it up on my phone Tilt now. Bet? Yeah, because I like Tilt. <laughs> oh, right. And I haven't gotten to try it. You wouldn't let me have a sip the other day. <laughs> well, you know how predictive I get of my Tilt. <laughs> <laughs> we can look it up another time, though. Okay, well, let's get right into our main topic then, right? Yeah, yeah why not? This All is right. a Paul baby. Well, this is something that I've been <laughs> kind of hankering for, and I thought it would be a bigger deal... Uh, I was kind of like wanting to do like a complete hipster episode where we'd get really bad beer, like you know, like Pabst Blue uh, Ribbon. Yeah, well, yeah. we got Guinness, and that's been bad enough. And just like completely hipster it up. But uh, you know, and this is like the writers that we read before they were cool. Like you know, you'd be completely hipster in the store. Like, oh, you're enjoying Jeff Lemire's work, uh, you know, over at DC. Well, yeah, I used to like him, too, back when he was independent and wrote Essex County. You know, that kind of, like, kind of semi-douchey kind of fan, comic book fanboy that makes you feel bad for not reading independent work. But this isn't even just independent work. This is them reading stuff that we read from them, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, they got this book, and now everybody's talking about mm-hmm. them. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh with that in mind, it's... Recently, Brian Wood has got the X-Men, and that X-Men bump is huge. That's a big bump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're you're just, you know, from a writer that was doing great work over at Vertigo with DMZ. He's been around. He's, he's been around for over, like, ten years now in mm-hmm. the comic book world, and a lot of his stuff was more independent from Demo over at AIT, Planet Lar. He did Supermarket over at... Was, I want to say that was an image book, but I could be wrong. Devil's Doom? No. No. 
because it was like a 350 book because I bought a couple <clears throat> of issues of that. Before that, he did um, Couriers as well. <laughs> but this is a guy that made his name in like the indie scene. Yeah. And was an indie writer. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, Brian was on Conan. Yeah. Brian was doing Star Wars. Brian, Brian Woods, Woods X-Men. Northlanders over in, no, in Northlanders. Oh, you was, didn't like, but I love Northlanders. Well, Northlanders, I enjoyed the first trade, and I said, you know what? That's good. I got a complete story. I don't think I need to buy the rest of it. Like, but it's one of those things where... It's almost an anthology. It's an yeah. anthology book. Yeah, I might go out and buy the next one, and like when I crave more of the story... But right now I'm not craving but, more of the story. I, I, you know, I just I mean? want to say about that, and we've we've had these conversations before, uh, anything on the show. Mm-hmm. But like Northlander, when you pick it up and you read it, you you're not you don't know what that story is going to be about. So you don't mm-hmm. know if it's the story you're craving, but it's a story that when you finish it, you go, "Oh man, that was so good! Sure. Like that is such a different take." And yeah, they're just storming a castle, but that was. Really cool, and who saw that coming? Or it, the one where it's just uh, the two men in the circle, like fighting. Yeah, it's like the art of war or something. Yeah, like that. and it's they're talking about like they're talking about the name of their sword and how they got it and all this stuff. It was yeah. such a cool issue to read. Mm-hmm. So and Conan, and I only read one. Becky Clune was doing the art because. It's the only reason I would be interested in a Conan book, really. And yeah, but you picked it up longer than I think either of us read it. Yeah. Well, I haven't the read complete, the one that all passed. <laughs> well, off. I was buying it too. The so. complete Becky Clunan arc. <clears throat> no. So, yeah. but yeah, on uh, X Men, he's mm-hmm. been doing great. But he's he's built up his name steadily, and it all started for me when Chris was talking about a series called Demo, and Demo was is this uh, trade With that... With Becky Cloonan. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, Becky, Becky Cloonan did all I the I know art. the Vertigo one that no. you know they came like, back to, but... Oh, she did the original. Okay, yeah. well, that makes sense, then, why I like it so much. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, this was a Christmas gift that Chris gave me uh, years and years ago, and, man, it, it's just, just one-off stories of... People with strange, you know, it could be supernatural or it could be regular run the mill, but it's like a slice of life, slice of life kind of just one day with these characters during large events. Uh, nothing creepier than dogs coming back to life. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of other stories. Like, I read this actually when it was coming out as single issues way back when. Um, and it was a fantastic book, and it's very much like every issue you get something different. Mm-hmm. It has a very, like, Becky, you can see how much Becky Cloonan has grown. Well, that was the thing, here. too. Like, every issue, she messed around with a different art style. Like, she mm-hmm. did something different in each issue, too. Yeah. It seemed like there's a lot of very anime kind of style. Oh, I love this one where it's like the funeral. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that no, she's descended from people that don't die. Like, then they get in a car accident. Uh, it's all kind of like the story's just kind of run in the mill and then there's a slight twist. And it's like, you would almost say if X-Men and mutants were alive, like how they would actually come and how their actual their stories would be. Yeah. If it was something like one in every, like, billion people actually had powers. 
Well, more than that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, half a billion, maybe. And what, you know, how things would go for them. It's a very, it's a black and white, it's a very sketchy kind of art book, but all the stories are at least very interesting. And those, it's Twilight Zone. If you're a fan of Twilight Zone, if you're a fan of like, just coming of age tales, even, uh, I think you would really dig in this book. If you like Brian Wood, what he's doing with X-Men, like this is like an other universe's X-Men. Um, he did another without like, the big, you know, it's the like awakening of powers kind of X-Men story, not the big spandex and battling Magneto kind of story. He did another kind of cool series called Local, where each oh, yeah. issue took place in a different city, and mm-hmm. you could write him a letter and be like, "No, like your next issue should take place in this city." Like, mm-hmm. I heard great city. things about it, and, and I bought like I think three oh. issues of that, and it was interesting, but there just wasn't enough there to keep me mm-hmm. going, and not like anything against it, but it just didn't hit me. Same thing with DMZ. Like I bought the first, I think four I issues first, of that. I have the first rated, and it was good, but there's. It didn't grab me enough mm-hmm. to keep going, and it's not to say that it wouldn't if I had you he, know, started picking it up now. He's able to write those quiet kind of stories. Well, I like to call them quiet stories because it doesn't nothing earth-shattering happens. It's just life-changing for those characters yeah. uh, that are involved in the story. Or sometimes it's not even life-changing, uh, especially in volume two you know, of, of uh, the love story from... The Vertigo series, I, I love. And it's just this girl that writes post notes to herself. Because yeah, that was she, a good one. And then it's not even life shattering. It just ends on that, like, maybe it's a life shattering moment when somebody leaves her a post note. But, uh, I really dig the series. It's a really quick read. It seems like a thicker book. It's not a. It's very sparse when you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. It's like the, like the actual word balloons mm-hmm. and captions. Like, I haven't read this in so damn long. Yeah. But yeah. I never read Demo. It's, it was a great series. Mm-hmm. It's definitely worth checking out. Um, just like I said, quiet stories, but interesting if you want to have <laughs> cool little character story, you know, vignettes and everything going on. Sounds good. I enjoy Brian Wood. You should, because he's a great writer. <laughs> I don't remember which one I had selected for me. BKV. BKV. Okay. Runaways. Well, or even before of... Runaways, Brian K. Vaughn is a still pretty decently large name in the comic book world. Like, he doesn't do your X-Men books or your Superman or Batman type stories. We're talking right, to you, Saga writer, leader, but, readers. But right now, Saga is a top seller over at Image. And even before that, hey... Dude took a sabbatical from comic books because he was working in TV on shows like Lost and that one with the people that live under the dome. What's it called? Under the dome? Oh yeah, that's it. Does he write for that? Yeah, he was like one of the writers of the producers. I thought Stephen King wrote it all. I don't know. I think Stephen King just puts his name on things. Yeah, it's a short <laughs> he's like, story. He's like Tom. Uh, Tom Clancy was. Oh no, Tom Clancy. Okay, dying. Tom Clancy did not actually do work on every single video game or anything. He actually was consulted a lot. More than John Madden is. So do, so do people use guns to shoot at things? 
Yeah. Okay, thanks, Tom. Click. That was that conversation. <laughs> Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Vegas. What's the number we can put after a rainbow? Level six. <laughs> thanks, Tom. <laughs> Click. Here's the thing. Tom, we did a, like a Rainbow Six Vegas game. What should we do next? Vegas 2? Okay. He he even had a board um, game. Politica. I own that board game. Have you played it? Yes. It's about Russian. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's probably, he probably played it with one of his brothers because nobody else would be that yep. nerdy. We didn't play with him. <laughs> but Russian politics. Uh, but even before Saga, which mm-hmm. is a fantastic series. Same. Lost... Tom Clancy does really enjoy video games as a genre. And well, he probably enjoys course. decomposing now. <laughs> I don't think he can enjoy things, Chris. The guy is dead. He's moved beyond that. Yeah. Let's move beyond but, him moving beyond. <laughs> but even before Lost, Brian K. Vaughn was doing a little series that I like to call Runaways. And before that, he was over at DC Vertigo doing a Swamp Thing series that nobody cared about <laughs> because it was after Alan Moore did it. And it was based off of Swamp Thing's daughter, Tefei, Teef, however you <laughs> pronounce it. Not a big draw for what you think about when you think, hey, Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. But then from there, he goes on to do The Hood over at Marvel, which was right when John and I got into comics. In like, the comics. Seriously, the first time we decided, like, hey, let's get back into comics. And we went to that comic book store in Orchard Park. The Hood number one had came out, and we're like, hey, The Hood cool. Max. It, yeah, it, was, it was a, a Max, Max series. series. <laughs> that was right when Max came out, too. Yeah, yeah. it was the new semi-adult line of comic books. Still based in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, it was cool because you get to see characters like Kingpin and Constrictor swearing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you bought it or I bought it, but I think one of us bought it, we read the copy, and then we went we, we both went and collected the whole series. I because... know I have the entire series. Yeah, I so do I too. Okay, so I don't know which... It was one or the other. I don't think... At that time, and a lot of times now, we don't often buy the same comic book. If one of us is buying it, then you just borrow the other guys. Mm -hmm. But that was like the big hitch. Like that's At that time, I was a much bigger DC fan. I really didn't read too much from Marvel. I think it was just like some X-Men books and maybe some Spider-Man stuff. But that was enough of a a catch because it was that street-level supervillain. Mm-hmm. Who didn't want to be a supervillain, but he just happened to have those he just, items that gave him. He the just happened to get that hood and that cape and the mask, and, and that was wasn't the boots. Yeah, he had boots the, too. That let yeah, not let fly, him walk, but like walk on air. Walk on air. air. So and he, he would have to like walk as if he was climbing steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had to hold his breath to be in, <laughs> in, to invisible. Be visible. So everything came. With a price, or mm. you know, it, and that's it? and that's the thing too with the book is mm-hmm. it came with a price because yeah. he lost he lost like everything mm-hmm. with trying to be a supervillain, which was the whole reason like you lose these things, you have this suit, and that's why you become a supervillain. Mm-hmm. And the great little hitch for like a five issue miniseries. And then the character kind of fade away until he was brought back by Bendis mm-hmm. in like New Avengers or Mighty Avengers. He was like the 
crime syndicate villain that was like amassing the, everything. Yeah, the masters of evil. Yeah, yeah not crime syndicate. That's just well, no, but like or, you know, it, it's a crime syndicate, but not the crime syndicate. Right. It's the masters of evil. Yeah, over at Marvel. And, but then from there, he goes on to when Marvel launched their Tsunami line, which is their more made-for-bookstores mm-hmm. line of comic books, where it's like, no, we'll sell the issues, but look forward to the digest-sized version of this coming out in six months with Runaways and Mystique, which you heard us talk yeah. about last week. <laughs> well, Mystique last week, but I always felt that it was going after yeah the bookstores to combat the Magna being and sold. That's exactly manga, what manga. it was because manga, manga was manga. dominating like the bookshelves, mm-hmm. and this was Marvel's way of trying to get in on that because it was all very young adult friendly, mm-hmm. Mystique, Human Torch, drawn by Scotty Young, Runaways. There was a Namor book written by the... Mike Carey, drawn by Salvador La Roca. Sen- Sentinel. Sentinel by just Sean McKeever, art by Justin. No. Not Haywall. It's escaping, but then there was also yeah. the Inhumans book, too. Hmm. And I actually bought all of these, except for Mystique. Because I was like, eh, Mystique. <laughs> Who cares about that crazy but that, group? But that was before. Broad. If at that time I had known, like, no, Brian K. Vaughn, like, this is mm-hmm. a book that I will have want to have read. Mm-hmm. Like, I just picked up Runaways because of the premise. It was like, no, these kids parents are villains mm-hmm. here's how they deal with that yeah. that was a cool little hook for it you know? yeah yeah it and was that, actually a really cool hook. it like, was you learn that your parents are super villains go and but even after that then he came out with why the last man which the whole reason i picked up why the last man was because it was written by the guy that read or wrote red hood red hood red uh the hood the hood there we go. And then even he did the Vertigo original graphic novel, Pride of Baghdad, which is a story about talking animals. That we read because we were part of a comic book I, club. I read that before it even came out. Yeah, Has I think I, had, I read it. Because I had, too, because you let, you let me borrow yeah, it. The thing about that book club that we attended... We had read all of those books before going into Yeah, we didn't have to it. read them just, or buy them. It was just things. a thing to do. And I do, I, there was this one kid, he was a real nice kid, but he, like, he, he joined the book club, and he's just like, so is this what you do? You guys just sit around and talk about comic books? And we're like, yeah, you're in a comic book pod, or a comic book book club. Mm-hmm. What was really fun was the older black woman who joined that club, yeah. who, yeah. she was just like, you guys seem a lot of fun, you're better than the other book clubs that I've been <laughs> to. And then it died. Well, the kid that ran it didn't work at that store uh, anymore. Barnes and Noble anymore. And the entire reason he started was just so he could have a way to slack off for an hour during work. Mm-hmm. And he was glad that people were showing up to it because he was like, no, look, mm-hmm. I can take an hour off from work and just sit down and talk about comics. And, and people are buying this. And by people, he means not us, but the yeah. other people that were part of it. I already bought it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It was fun. No, but... Brian K. Vaughn, man, he's still one of those writers that when I see his name on something, it's like, wow, okay. And that was the draw for Saga because he had been absent from comic books for so long that it's like, hey, here he is now over at Image. Get on board. And I was like, I will. And uh, I wasn't 
I wasn't ready to jump on there because I couldn't get into uh, Why the Last Man. I, I do not get. I still do not understand. Uh, I was looking for something to read like two weekends ago, and I picked up the trade, and I started thumbing through it, and it's like ugh, and I put it down. <laughs> but Saga, I absolutely love. I buy it in single issues. Like I can't wait every month when it comes out. Like I love it. I, you know, Brian K. Vaughn's like. If I had to write like his Wikipedia entry, I'd be like writer of Runaways for Marvel. Like that's the that's still that's like the lead. Wow. Well, okay, you know, and then Why the Last Man? Those are the two. That's the top billing. Why? Well, probably Why the Last Man. You know, if I had to do something, you know, yeah. actually do it. But, Runaways and Why the Last Man. But we're going to, before they were cool, before Why the Last Man, it's definitely Runaways is, is where <laughs> I got into Brian K. Vaughn. It was like, okay, well, this can be really kind of crappy, but it was an interesting premise that he delivered on so well, where there were twists, there were turns, there were... Characters doing things that you were like, Whoa, didn't see it coming, but it made complete sense. Yeah. I don't want to give anything away in that series because I think it's definitely worth a read still. Uh, it's It introduced characters that are still relevant in the Marvel Universe today. Uh, Avengers Arena, Nico and yeah. Chase still show up, and Battle of the Atom. Yeah. Princess uh, Power. <laughs> Princess Power, Molly, Hayes. Is, uh, is yeah. at least in there, his mutant from the future. And it's that fun teen coming of age tale again, like that I so crave in my superhero comics because isn't that kind of like the whole part of the whole mythos of, of superherodom, especially over at Marvel is yeah. a teenager gets suddenly has powers and can do stuff. Um, fun little side fact behind the bagging board cast scenes. When I was looking at your dog and I mm-hmm. threw out the idea for like, uh, comic book pets. As soon as I threw that out, I was like, oh, old lace from Runaways. I was like, mm-hmm. it'd be awesome to have a pet raptor from the future. Like, okay. Right. Yeah. You, you I get can't, that from this book. Like, it's just. I can't pick anything but ampersand. You from, have to. Yeah. From Why from Last Man. Life last man. And that's why I didn't want to. I'm like, it's too obvious. It's just. Well, I'm sorry, John, you can't get behind Why Last Man because when we did our episode, don't know the number about, you know, what books do you pass off to people mm-hmm. to hook them or show them, like, no, this is what comic books can do. Why the Last Man is one of mine. That episode might be have taken down already because it's, possible, man, it's been forever. It's been a long ass time. Mm-hmm. But um, my girlfriend was. Stuck in Springfield, Illinois for two months mm. training on the job and she had nothing to do. So I sent her some of my favorite trade paperbacks. Mm-hmm. Saga, Fables, Why the Last Man, and there was a fourth one too. It's escaping me at this moment. The Escapist. Also no, by also, Brian also by Ryan Gunn, Which I bought all the issues that mm-hmm. I don't have it in trade though, but that was also really good. Yeah, that was, um, you know, that but, was a good series. Why the Last Man was the one that she read through and was like, can I get the second one? Okay, well, next time I get a care package of stuff together, I can send it to you. (laughs) 
Okay. And then she went to St. Louis because it was close enough mm-hmm. that it's a day trip and it's not Springfield or so it's something to do. She went to a comic book store and saw volume two of Why the Last Man and was like, I could just buy this right now and not have to wait to get it. Mm-hmm. Like, after that first volume, she was hooked. After I sent her the second one, she was like, just send me the third one as soon as you can. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to want it. Chris, at that point, you know she's a keeper. I just don't know why John doesn't like it. <laughs> at that point, you know John isn't a keeper. <laughs> Look at his past relationships. None of them have worked. Uh, hello, past relationship. I've been with yeah. this son of a bitch for 16 years. That's true. And how many... Tinvinity parties that he've had with this guy. No, uh, it's a no. party every, every time day. we're together. Every day is a party. <laughs> but I, I feel like that just shows like this is a series that it grabs people. It's great. Mm-hmm. And if I had had Runaways in trade paperback, I was looking for it when we went to Fan Expo yep. this year. But you can't find Volume I One know. in actual trade. Like I can't find it either. I had it. I let it. <sighs> Mom that I worked with borrow it for her kids never got it back. Yeah, I I would have passed that one off because it's it's very accessible. I have the other volume. I don't think it's like poorly written or poorly done. I just can't. It just doesn't grab me, and for whatever reason, I just couldn't get into it. And uh, I I should always try to sit down and do it again because things change. But you know, I still can't get through. Scalped by Jason Aaron, and I want to mm-hmm. because I enjoyed everything else I've read from yeah. him except for that. You know, and it's like mm-hmm. Paul couldn't get into Saga. Like I can't. Yeah, it's you know, just there's just something about everybody's little tastes mm-hmm. that that hit, and that like why the last man I just couldn't get into. And I don't think it's anything against the writer or mm-hmm. the artist. I think it's well done in both aspects. It's just not. For me, yeah, I, I sculpt. I read the first trade. It's really well done. It's it's just too darn gritty. It's just too much for me, man. Indie casinos, people dying, reservation crime. It's Jason Aaron without a filter mm-hmm. on language and violence, and it's it's rough. Yeah. The tag, you know, the title does come into play. Oh, people get scalped. Uh, and it's good, with so. speaking of, you know, not having any bounds, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of where I fell in love with Robert Kirkman, and that was with before Walking Dead, before Marvel Zombies, Kung Fu. No, no that, that was not him. That was all. Howard Shum. Oh. Uh, it was a little... Yeah, I can know my shit sometimes. It was a little book called Battle Pope. And this seems like it could be really divisive on so many levels. So he's not the actual Pope. Uh, yes, he is the Pope. And he pals around with Jesus Christ. But it's not... Actually, Jesus Christ, who was resurrected. Yes. And he wouldn't wear something just ridiculous like a Hawaiian t-shirt. With little cut-off short shorts and sandals? Yes. He would. But with, he doesn't have... With stig- his crown of stigmata. Uh, yes, he still does. 
And he wouldn't be lecherous, lecherous at all, this Battle Pope. Battle Pope, yes. He's a dirty, dirty fella. Uh, he was that before, well, he was the Pope, he womanized, he liked to drink. When, uh, but he's not the Catholic Pope, he's there is the Battleist <laughs> Pope, right? Or some kind of weird he's, comic book. No, he's the Catholic, world. he's the Catholic Pope. He also pals around with Santa Claus and he only has one eye. That, oh, I forgot about the Santa stuff. <laughs> the whole book's great. I love it. It is just so... It's so over-the-top and wrong, but it's so great on so many levels. If you enjoy Adventure Time, but find yourself <laughs> a little more adult than the humor lets you be, if you're a fan of Adventure Time, but wish, wish it was more like Archer... Yeah. Yeah. Battle Pope. Battle Pope. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to talk about it. Because it's that cartoony kind of just anything can go. Any, anything can go. And, uh, you know, he, he starts out just a a pope that actually hell's opened up. Demons are running around. He's the pope, but he's not the pope anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in a slummy bar having a beer until he... You, you only lose... The, I guess he can retire because the, no, the Ratzinger ca- did. The, the Catholic Church is done. Oh. Like... Hell's opened up. Either you're a demon, or you're you're evil, or you're dead. You're just trying oh, to live. In so this the rapture world. has happened. Yeah, and the Pope's still there. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so when he's killed, he goes up to he goes up to heaven, and God gives him these powers to become Battle Pope. Sends him back down to start cleaning things up. Says, hey, why don't you take my ne'er dwell goofball son with you? Get him out of my hair for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh that's Battle Pope. Just crazy shit happening. People over the top, people trying to kill him, demons that he takes down, coming back, trying to beat him. It's crazy. It is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And if you have a sense of humor about those kind of things, like my father is a minister, and he enjoys Battle Pope. He doesn't think it's the great. Yeah, he did. He he really enjoyed <laughs> Battle Pope because it was it was kind of it was making fun of a lot of just stuff that people get uptight about. And if you just look at it as just being a fun book, that's what it is. And it's so weird because to go from. Battle Pope to Walking Dead and Invincible, which both launched about the same time. Both came out in 2003. It's, it's not, like, a huge leap. No. But, what, the TV show, The Walking Dead, did so much for Robert Kirkman. Because the book had been going around, and it had been gaining momentum. And that's when, like, Marvel's like, hey, let's get Robert Kirkman on board. For Marvel Zombies. You have Marvel Zombies, and you also have him doing uh, Marvel Team-Up, which is... Just Marvel characters popping up in a book together. It's like, hey, you wouldn't normally get these characters together, but here's a, a quick, you know, one, two issue arc about these characters. And then Robert Kirkman is also doing Ultimate X-Men, too, at that point. And it, it's after this, he's like, no, I'm just going to go back to doing my indie stuff because that's all I need. And he further delves into this image. He does like a science dog issue. Astounding Wolfman. Astounding Wolfman, super dinosaur now. He has his own kind of in, image imprint for Skybound. This. Yeah. Okay. Which, 
Yeah. Yeah. Like it's him doing like, no, I, he's like creative director at Image now. He has. Yeah. Some sort of some like editor in chief, but not quite editor in chief title. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's because he is the name that put Image back on the map after it launched in the nineties. Like as good as Image was, he is the identifiable identifiable image creator at this point. And that's all just from the comic book world, but Walking Dead on AMC is really what blew him up to be like, no, like... He's the name that... I'm a name. Everybody knows where I work, people ask me about it, and they know who Robert Kirkman is, Mm. just from watching that show and being a fan of that show. And it, it probably also helps that they did, like, that talking dead yeah after mm-hmm. the episodes where it actually does put the face to the name behind the show which is something as comic book fans we have that like we're aware mm-hmm. of like no this was all created by someone here's the guy that writes this here's who draws it here's the editor for this tv movies yeah those people are there but if you just go to the movies or watch a tv show every week you, you were watching that. You're not, like, following who's producing it. There's some that... There's some. Ex, ex, you know, your Spielbergs, your Lucases, yeah. your... Joss Whedon Joss TV. Whedon's, yeah. Or, you know, there's there's people who, like that there, in every yeah, but, genre. But, yeah, who's, but it, who, who's one of the producers on The Big Bang Theory? Uh, that would be... What's his name? He was... He actually was on, like, a uh, episode of Tabletop. Oh, wow. With... Yeah, Will but you're, you're in you're in the bubble there. Yeah, but your typical I know. But if you're in your the bubble big, of any bubble, but your typical Big Bang fan, <laughs> yeah, they're watching it because it's the Big Bang Theory. Uh, who's one of the producers on uh, um, How I Met Your Mother? Yeah, and you Fingerhut Stephen Fingerhut <laughs> is one of the. What does he look like? I have no idea. Exactly, and you've watched every single one of those. Episodes mm-hmm. within the last year. I, yeah. Like, I have over 20 years of watching, like, TJF shows. I can tell you they're mostly produced by Miller Boyette. Mm-hmm. I don't know who they are. I thought they were one person. No. <laughs> one of them is related to... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're going to the same yeah, place. Yeah. There you go. And it doesn't, like, it doesn't even, it's not even <laughs> the same name. I just, like, bowed out of that joke as soon as he finished it. I'm Ridiculous. like, I acquiesce that joke to you, John. You made it. He actually did bow, <laughs> bow to me and give his hands, like, <laughs> like yes, no, this is yes, yours. Yes, that's your joke now. <laughs> oh, boy. Boy, yeah. But that's... Chef Boyardee. <laughs> They're not even the same. And I thought that. Well, <laughs> before I delivered that joke, it's like, it's not even the same name. Stop. But it was funny. <laughs> And there was that actual chef already. Had there been a, it's not a portmanteau. Full house after show, maybe I would be a little bit more cognitive. Like, no, people actually made this instead of just. This is workers' room of cogs that just like. Well, we got to put another episode together. Somebody turn the crank over there, and somebody press those buttons, and I'll. It's not like give me more of this. Lamar Show, which I know is also a name from 90s sitcoms. I don't know what it, I saw it on, but I know I've seen it. No. But I can't, I can't place it to something. Yeah. People weren't sitting there pressing the comedy button. There's no comedy button there. Well, that's not. 
name of a podcast. Comedy button. Don't rate and review them. Rate and review us. Good luck with that. But, you know, I, lo- I really loved Battle Pope, and when I saw he had a new book out, Invincible. Mm-hmm. Like, I jumped right on that. Chris jumped right on to Walking Dead, and, you know, I enjoyed up till, I think I have up to like 15 issues of that, and I was just kind of like in and out of I'm comics sorry, at the time. Which one is that? Invincible. Okay. I said I was reading Invincible. Well, you I said, was reading Walking Dead. He He's said Walking Dead. you were reading Invincible. Chris was reading Walking Dead. I read, read 15, 15 issues, issues of that. Invincible. And I wasn't okay. sure if you meant of what I've actually, Chris was I've reading. actually read more Walking Dead than I have Invincible. Because okay. I've never gotten around to reading the trades. That's that's where I was getting with it. Because you left your you know participle dangling. Well, if you'd let me finish my sentence. You I prefer Invincible to Walking Dead. Invincible is still yeah. a book that I will buy in trade and... Can't wait to like pick that up. Oh, yeah. Walking Dead just kind of meandered out. <laughs> like it's still going on, but I don't feel the need to read that anymore. You always felt like it was on its last leg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> if you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard me being like, oh, "Yeah, I can't wait for the Walking Dead." Eh, the Walking Dead, I'll read this one, and then ultimately it's like, "Yeah, this is the last issue of Walking Dead I'm ever buying." <laughs> it was. It, I mean, you you made it a hundred issues. Yeah. Which is a hundred months wow. of... You made a hundred? I... Not just 75, but a hundred. I was oh. reading all of it until, like... I think the final one I bought was, like, 106 or something like that. Wow. I, I'm not sure of the exact number. And that anymore. story will go on forever. And that, that's how Or it until like, sales finally dictate that it should stop. But it's not going to drop because it's it's still selling. Yeah. Yeah. It's surprising that it's... They, also, it's cool. going to be getting a second series over on AMC. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is something that people said, well, uh, they don't want, you know, some people don't want the characters to stray too much from the comic, but I want to write these other stories. So it makes sense, you know. That, it makes uh, sense. And, it, you know, it's a zombie apocalyptic world, so why not? Like, with with the series, it, not, not to get off on little tangents no. here, but, like, with the series, yeah. yeah. With the series, the, the TV series, you still have all the same kind of beats that happen yeah. in the book. They might have condensed characters and, okay, it happened mm-hmm. to him instead of him, but they still happened. Yeah. You still got those, the things that were supposed to happen, happened. And when things change, I like it for the better. Like, yeah. it surprises me. It's not just something I've already seen. Mm-hmm. But I still get those things that I want to see. The thing with the having a second series, I was going to say, is it's The Walking Dead, so you know there isn't going to be a solution that anybody, yeah. any of these characters are going to find. No, it's because that's be the point pe- of it. It's going to be more people living in that world. Yeah, it's that's the whole point of yeah. the story. Well, it's not anybody will find a cure. No, because that's not what it, it's about. It's about continuing on as long as possible after the story ended. And I, like, I understand that they're like, oh, people love The Walking Dead. We do only do 12 episodes. A couple of weeks after it ends, we'll start up, up the new series. And they can get those. And then after that's over, then they got a couple of weeks, and then the re- original series starts. But I think they're going to burn people out. I, think, I, I feel as soon as the second series comes out, people are going to be like, eh. Yeah, I, I really... Already, I've seen, like... Mm-hmm friends of mine on Facebook who have gone from like, 
yeah, the new Walking Dead. I can't wait. New episodes on to just be like, the Walking Dead. They're serious and we're like, about what, three seasons in? Four this, now? This is the fourth season. And they're, just TV watching for me has changed so much where there's television that I absolutely love and I would want to watch every episode and I will watch every episode, but I'm not going to watch it every week. I'm going to like let them build up and then binge watch. Yeah. Because that's what I have become accustomed to with Netflix and, you know, DVRs and just how that's how I consume television now is yeah. is on demand or not at all. <laughs> like unless it's sports and then I'll watch that live because there's no it, point in watching it yeah. on demand. Uh I I think that's what helps. But also remember Walking Dead, like John said, twelve episodes. Normal television series for people, 24, 23. So you you have room to build on another 11 to 12. And it's on cable, so guess what? Where does cable make its most ratings? Summer, when everybody else is on a hiatus. Like, that's that's USA's bread and butter right there. Yeah. Here, we're going to come out with the new episodes of Burn Notice. And nope, Psych not and anymore. Not anymore. Well, yeah, well, yeah, here's the thing, though, like... I know. If we but had, again, if we had yeah, cable, I'm just trying to make a point. Those are the shows I know. Uh, anytime split. I try to make a point, you split my hairs, so I'm splitting okay. yours. But here's split the, my hairs. Good on you. I, I would much rather watch a new episode of Psych than I would Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm probably in the minority about that, but I just think Psych is more interesting than The Walking Dead. Like, and I can maybe attribute it to the fact that I read a hundred issues of that comic book. Mm-hmm. And then start watching the show, and after that first season, I was like, okay, I I don't have to see this anymore. That's how I and, felt after the first season too. I'm like, well, I'm glad because we used to be like, guys, we got to finish up this yeah. episode so we can watch The Walking Dead, and then we would stop the recording, and then season. we would start watching Walking Dead, and you can finish it up. Uh-huh. I've had two okay. glasses. Um, oh. And- and I feel but like now it's like I have friends. Uh, second seasons on Netflix, and I'm not going to watch it. Third season, third seasons on Netflix. They're in the fourth season. No, I have. I, I, I have friends that, like I said before, were so excited for it, and now are just like, eh, Walking Dead. And they've they've had that moment within four seasons. I read a hundred issues mm-hmm. of that comic book. I had the before first I hit three that. trades and. I think I hit own more. That's, a, like, that's them getting to the prison. Yeah. Like basically, yeah. Which is like the second season of the show. <laughs> Third. 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 Is it? Okay. The like, second season's the barn. The farm. farm. Oh, okay. Like with Herschel. And yeah. The, okay. Herschel, barn, all your zombies needs. It's just, side. it's crazy to like think like, okay, well, I was reading the comic book and like they got there at this point, but like the, how the seasons like match up that. We were reading that comic book back when 28 Days Later was about to come out because they basically happened and, and at people the same were like, time. People yeah. were writing him letters complaining that he stole the like beginning where Rick wakes up in a hospital uh-huh. to that. And he's like, no, I, I wrote this and then it got sent off to be drawn and then mm-hmm. inked and then it got published and then the movie came out. Like, Yeah. How, how could I know the script for a movie? Yeah. How could I? Yeah. And it was like, no, that that was just a good way to show, like, no, someone's just set foot into this world without yeah. it happening, like, slowly mm-hmm. over time. Dawn of the Dead. It's, it's so good, good somebody choice. Somebody gets knocked out in, in a car and then wakes up. 
the director of 28 Weeks Later is taking over Star Trek movie the series. Yeah. Huh. Wait, those no, aren't just, bad movies. Oh, Star Trek. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, no, T.J. Abrams is still doing, oh, right, Star Wars. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but uh, Kirkman, uh, dig them. You still read Invincible. I, I still love know? Invincible. There's like there's enough there, like, character-wise, mm-hmm. to keep me interested. Walking. Is Adam Eve still fat? You mean pregnant? Yes. Pregnant? <laughs> yeah. But I, I read the <laughs> trades, so I don't know where, where this has gone from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Walking Dead just didn't have enough character there because it's all people on edge yeah. all the time. Everyone has the same voice. Because they're all just trying to survive. Oh, oh, Paul's, on. Paul's getting sick. No, I'm just yawning. I'm yawning. Um, I have to think the ultimate... It's 1am. Yeah, still going. The ultimate, like, no, we were reading this guy, though. Brian, Brian Michael Bendis. Bendis. I was thinking that yeah. when we started this, and Fire, I wanted to put him at the end. Or Goldfish. Goldfish. Yeah. Jinx. I have, down. like, almost all those books in trade paper uh, on my bookshelf. Powers. Yeah. Powers was fantastic. And then it once goes on hiatus, and then it's going to be published monthly, and then it's not, and... No, I mean the, the release schedule for Powers. I don't understand how you guys could read that book. Like, well, I how do you ever know what's coming out? It's like Powers. Wrestling. Powers. It was when, when it was an image. I read it all in trade up yeah. till when it was in issues, and then in issues it was really sporadic. But Bendis was one of those ones that it was someone that we absolutely loved. We like, talked about him all yeah, the time. Like we loved Bendis because we we got in on that. Like no, this is this is a guy who works in the indie circles. He tells great crime drama, like a lot of it fiction. But then you have the stuff like Torso where it's based off of history. Yeah, and it was just all so well done. And then it's like, whoa, no, this guy also does superhero work. With powers where it's its own yeah. self-contained universe, but it's still that gritty street level, which we've always enjoyed. Whether it's something like Powers, anything from Ed Brubaker, no. Matt Fraction, like we still get off on that. Oh yeah, I love that stuff, and um, even Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, Ultimate you Spider-Man. you read the beginning of those. I read the beginning of those. I read that for a damn long time, and um. Yeah, it just was in the I there was like a falling off point. I don't know exactly when it hit, but it was when he was starting to write multiple things at Marvel. And I think when I really hit me that I can't really stand that guy's writing anymore was uh when he Brought back when he when he started the Avengers after Avengers disassembled. Yeah, that was basically the cutoff point for me too because I bought New Avengers and it seemed like so much of a pet project that he, the way he pitched New Avengers is like, no, when Avengers came out, it was the top selling characters of that time all together in one book, and here that is with. Luke Cage and Ronan, in. like, yeah, and it was just so like forced. And it, also at that point, it 
definitely became more like drawn out and everything seemed to be had like it was just stretched out so it could fit together in a trade with three or four other issues to get a full story yeah and uh, it was also a lot of his work on those miniseries that you know it's the big it's the big miniseries for the you know it's the big event books and when I saw Bendis would be on him, I'd be like, no, I'm not even going to invest my time. And you and Paul would invest your time. And, no, oh, it's really good. Second issue, no, it's really good. Third issue, eh. Fourth issue, mm. Fifth issue, oh, we gotta, I got to stop doing event books. Paul doesn't even do them anymore. No. And then sixth, sixth issue is like, okay, no, they wrapped it up and here's the ending. Just so Marvel can be like, no, here's the new status quo. Yeah. And, like, that's the stuff that really drove me nuts. And I, I like, I've tried time and time again to get back into Bendis because Bendis was one of those people that I loved when I started reading comics again. Mm -hmm. And Moon Knight, we tried to do Moon Knight number one. We tried to do lots of little things. And I was so shocked how much I liked his X-Men work on yeah. this new series. And the fact that it's got you buying two X-Men books that he's writing. I know, five total, two by Bendis. It's just... And I can't I can't blame you because those books are good. Yeah. Like, they really are how they're working. It's working well. That's... And that's a shock to me. And they're getting my money every month. Like, that's... I can attribute a lot of it too, also to Wolverine and the X Men from Jason Aaron, because I was like, "Oh wow, I like, I like an X Men book. What else is out there for X Men? Oh, I've got these two books starting up. Well, they're by Bendis, but I can buy them for the podcast. We can talk about it. No, they're they're not terrible. Like I've enjoyed this. I will buy three issues to decide if I like it. I've enjoyed them. I'll continue to go, and that's that's how it's been. Like I haven't had the balls to pick up anything else because I feel like I've been so burned from like Siege, Fear Itself like any of those other event books, Secret Invasion like, I I can't go all out yet but I'm okay sticking to that X-Men corner of the Marvel Universe yeah I, th- I think you're fine yeah I think you're fine there and then with those street level characters that you like Daredevil being one that that's not going to be around any longer for you. Yeah. Um, but even Matt Fraction's like Hawkeye, like that's a great street level thing, and and that's a good way to stay in your Marvel kind of world. But I I feel like I feel like there's a little less Bendis in the Marvel world, and I think that's better for him. Architects. I think that's better for him, and I think that's better for everyone. But when he doesn't have so much in the world, he's delivering a great X-Men book. I agree. I feel like before it was like too much handling the Avengers, mm-hmm. which was kind of the spawning run for everything else that's going on. Still kind of is, but now under different hands. Well, now it's under Hickman. <laughs> yeah. Who can think big. I, I think Bendis operates best when it's like, Here's the character beats mm-hmm. throughout that. And here's the story that arches through it. Mm-hmm. If he, he, but he can't go like 
universe wide. Like, no, here's yeah. how it affects every family of book. Yeah, I trust that much more to someone like Hickman that can tell that kind of story. Yeah, the story that I keep on going back to is uh, Brian Michael Bendis himself talking to John Suntress uh, about House of M and doing the writer's retreat. Marvel has every year does this huge writer's retreat. All the major, every writer that's writing any book for Marvel has to go to it with the editors, and they basically plan out the, the big stories for the upcoming year. And they go through, and if there's an event, like how that affects and how, okay, you guys want to do a tie-in? Okay, how will that work? And uh, during when they were talking about House of M, House of M was already going on, and uh, Jeff Loeb goes, well, when does Magneto show up? And Bendis is like, what? Why? What are you talking about? No, it's an Avengers book. Why would Magneto show up? And it's and then Jeff Loeb is like, some Wanda is going crazy. His daughter, the only person that he actually like cares about in the world, Magneto has to show up at some point. And Bendis is like, oh, right, okay, and. <laughs> That's why we get that ending, is Magneto shows up and just kind of days that Makita's her away, like, and that's the ending of the story. And I kind of want to read the story that, what if Jeff Loeb didn't say anything? No. Like, would Wanda no. have died? Would they have killed her then? Or, like, what else would have happened? And it's that kind of like, like Chris was saying, not thinking about all the different families of books, just, no, this is an Avenger story. We're going to have it here. No. Even Secret Invasion felt very invasion, you know, like Avengers-centric. Yeah. and It's very self-contained for being something that should be impacting everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Like, you did have Reed showing up and everything because it scrolls, but it did, what didn't feel yeah, as line-wide, even though it had tie-ins left and right. But they didn't matter. <laughs> no. Nothing from that series has had any sort of impact on what's going on still. It did back during Dark Avengers time because uh, the whole premise was it all ends with uh, crazy uh, Green Goblin getting the kill shot. Norman Osborn. And so therefore Norman Osborn is given the keys to the kingdom. Mm. King of the castle. King King of the the castle. Uh yeah. yeah. So that do you have do you have anyone else? Not anyone. Um, I, I still haven't read Strange Girl by uh Rick Remender, which is like he's omnibus. still he's still under the that, radar there. That book could brain somebody. Yeah, it's that's a heavy looking hardcover. Yeah. Craig Thompson, he's still he's still flying he's, low. He's he's a, he only does his indie yeah, stuff. Only, yeah. He does Bizarro World? Yeah, he did to... Bizarro World when that came out. Yeah, there's six, been two Bizarro World six years ago now, though. Um, oh. what's his name that did the the She Hulk and Dan the Slot? Slot. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, pretty he's big sp- on yeah, Spider Man, and Amazing Spider Man is his book. You know that he wrote. He's you know he started pretty small after the weekly, but not but they do it strongly. Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, that's that's it, right when I stopped reading Spider-Man, though, because it wasn't that strong. It becomes 
it became Dan Slott's book, The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, and She-Hulk was the big thing. It was his thing, and the uh, thing, the thing. Yeah, his miniseries before that. But I, I like, but I like those books. But they're not for everybody. I couldn't no, recommend yeah. them. They're funny. No. They're funny books. They're good. <laughs> well, if you have someone that you think deserved being mentioned before they got big, let us know over at contact at bangboycast.com. Stars and stripes. We kind of went through it, but you know, yeah. I never Avengers read Stars and Stripes. Neither did I. Good. I didn't. Okay. I didn't pick was, up on him till his Flash stuff right mm-hmm. before he. Yeah. Like really, I knew he was writing Avengers, but I didn't read really mm-hmm. anything from Marvel at that point. Yeah, that was right before Brian Michael Bendis took over yeah. Avengers. But there you go. All right. So that's who we thought was cool before they were cool. Who's cool to you before they were cool now? Email us contact at bagandboardcast.com. If you're sick of Paul just stepping all over John, email me, Paul at bankmorecast.com. If you wish John would. I, 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 if, you, if you're sick of like Paul stepping over all over John, and then when John does it a little bit back to him and he turns into a big sissy girly baby, email John at john at bankmorecast.com. I'm Chris. Feel free to. Whatever. Uh, what I really love is rating and reviews on iTunes, so please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. I will know it. I, I check every day. Follow us over at Facebook. You. Like us on the Twitter. I feel like we already did this tonight. Well, we did. Oh. Yeah, we did. And we're doing it again just for you listeners. So have a great Thanksgiving. We won we'll anyone. Come. Wait, we'll we come another. back. We'll no, we got one more. Before Thanksgiving. So we hope you win it big in Vegas.